0: It's Monday, March 30th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Matt Greer, and joining me from Colorado is Motley Fool analyst Tim Byers. Tim, welcome. How are you doing out there? How's the situation out in Colorado?
1: You know, uh, we're social distancing out here in Colorado, Matt. Uh, it's, it's a good morning. It's, it's going to be a little sunny today. Still a little on the cooler side, but I'm looking forward to spring and uh, getting out and uh, social distancing, but maybe stretching my legs a little bit.
0: Tim, you and me both, social distancing is the word here in Virginia as well. In fact, I got to give a shout out to my neighbor because a few minutes ago, I had to go outside and ask him if he could stop the weed eating for a little while because <laughs> I was about to record. <laughs> so we are in surreal times. I never thought I'd have to ask someone to stop weed eating.
1: Yeah. You know? but yeah he, the strange times we live in, It's it's the signs of the apocalypse. Let's hope not. It
0: is. It is. Well, on today's show, we're going to talk some J&J. We're going to talk eggs, mergers, Papa John's, and Shaq. How is that for a Motley show? But let's begin with the latest on the coronavirus. On Sunday, President Trump announcing that he was extending social distancing guidelines until the end of April. Now, Tim, at the time of our taping right now, more than 2,400 deaths in the U.S., Yep. with more than 1000 of those in the state of New York alone. Right. And 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 I know I, I I think I speak for you as this crisis continues to unfold, it really feels strange to even be talking about stocks to be even talking about investing because of the human tragedy and the scope of it all. Oh, it 100%. Just, it just feels so it feels it feels I don't I don't want to say wrong, but but it it definitely feels odd
1: a hundred percent. yeah, it absolutely feels odd uh, the the human cost here is uh, is is too much to bear i I think and and the human cost that we're talking about in terms of what the president and, and his advisors have said is we're trying to limit the number of deaths in the u s to under a hundred thousand if we can or under two hundred thousand. those are staggering numbers that um I, I don't think we considered even a couple of, you know, even a couple of weeks ago. So we're more concerned, obviously, for our families, for our friends, who do we know that's affected by this. And we're starting to see in the news, mag, uh, we're seeing obituaries. and it's just when the the news is littered with obituaries, it just it tells you what a heartbreaking time that we're in. So yeah, I mean we it's our job. We are going to keep talking about stocks but that does not mean it's the first thing that's on our mind. I think it's probably the third or fourth thing on our minds.
0: And Tim, one thing on everyone's mind is a vaccine. So let's talk about the race to find a coronavirus vaccine. On Monday, Johnson & Johnson announcing, that they will begin human testing of a vaccine by September and make the vaccine ready for emergency use early next year in 2021. Now, J&J's CEO, Alex Gorski, says the vaccine, and this is a quote, and I want to get it right, quote, has a high degree of probability of being successful against the COVID-19 virus, end quote.
1: Tim, what do you think? I hope he's right. I really, truly hope he's right. Um, let's keep a couple of things of mind that it usually takes much longer for vaccines to be uh, developed and approved by the FDA. So we are really moving at a, at a pace we haven't seen. Good on J&J for getting to this point. Um, man, I, I hope he's right. Um, let's not talk about the investment case here yet, but let's just focus in on the science. If he's right and we can you know, get this into production, we can get it into use by January and start inoculating people, Um, that would be amazing because it's typical. I mean, you'd still be, you wouldn't be at the front end of winter, but you'd be in the middle of winter. And the winter season is usually when we see a greater impact from some viruses. We really don't have science on, you know, how deadly the coronavirus is in summer versus winter, but so far, it's really hit us during the winter season, the tail end of the winter season, and it's been more than deadly enough. So having this at some point during the winter, I think could could be great. So it could be uh, you know, just a, a real win for humanity if he's right about this. The concern I have, Mac, is what if he's wrong? Because this is unprecedented. And I know he's saying is a high degree of being successful against the COVID-19 virus, And maybe he's right, but human trials are also meant to understand what's the cost of putting this virus into our body. Are we making people more sick by doing this? I mean, maybe it does, you know, do an amazing job against COVID nineteen. But a vaccine um, needs to—we need to be able to—we need it to be safe. So if we inject it into human beings, how safe is it? And how are we going to know that? Is Is three months enough time to tell that for sure? It's just, there's a lot of unknowns here. So I would caution people, The stock is up a lot today. The last I checked, it was almost 6%. I think this is good news, but I, I wouldn't want anybody going out and backing up the truck on this stock just because of this news, because there's a lot of uncertainty here. Now, having said that, Mac, J&J is a very good business, even independent of this, generates a ton of cash flow. Does have a little too much debt, but a good balance sheet. It's a good business. This would make it an even better business, and it would make it a real uh, boy. It would be such a benefit for humanity. So I hope he's right.
0: So Tim, you said you would caution someone against backing up the truck, but what about someone listening to this and someone reading about J and J and this potential vaccine? Um, what would you say to someone who's like, you know, what I may buy? I may buy a few shares based yep. on this, or or. I may buy shares in another company that's working on a vaccine because as we know, there are a lot of companies working on vaccines.
1: Yeah, you know what? I'd use the Jason Moser strategy. Um, and, and you know, so first, first to your question, yeah, buying a couple of shares, sure. I mean, I just wouldn't buy, you know, bet a significant portion of your portfolio on this, but buying a few shares, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. This is a good business to begin with. But if you're looking at, um, trying to benefit, you know these these vaccines, these drugs that could benefit us as human beings, and you want to get in on that and be a part of it, then uh, Jason does a really good job of assembling baskets of stocks that uh, represent a trend, and you could do that with these companies just by a small portion, you know, put a put a very small amount of money into say four or five different companies that are working on different vaccines. And that's an interesting way to play the trend without, uh, you know, putting too much of your capital at risk. And don't do this, by the way, if you are either in retirement or really close to retirement. I just don't want somebody to say like, "This is a home run," and I'm going to put thirty thousand of my hundred thousand dollar portfolio into this. I think that would be a mistake
0: and it's really amazing when you look at the timetable here Tim the, reading the article for typical vaccines i think anywhere between 5 and 7 years of development so we're really talking about an accelerated timetable so that's something that we should keep in mind as well
1: yes that's that's what accelerates the risk in my mind you know when you start doing things that you know we've never seen before then you have to account for the risk you can't see and so I think if you're buying J&J on the, the potential benefits of this vaccine, just recognize that you're making an informed speculation and treat it as such. Don't put very much capital at risk uh, and, and just hold it knowing that you've got shares of a good business that is going to continue to be a good business no matter what happens with this vaccine.
0: Well, Tim, I don't know the situation out in Colorado. I'm guessing it's similar to what it is here in Virginia, because if you go to the grocery store, eggs are in short supply. Yeah, and they're it turns gone. Out, it turns out the egg business is booming. I don't think we've ever talked about this company on Market MarketFoolery, or at least I haven't. But better than expected earnings from Calmaine Calmaine is the largest producer and distributor of eggs in the U.S. Now, Tim, when I look at the stock chart of CalMaine, over the last five years, it's really Lost to the S and P, nothing that great. But yep. year to date, the stock is basically flat, and and obviously that means that it has crushed the S and P year to date. So right, maybe more of a good defensive stock, right?
1: Well, that's what it seems like. Here's the thing: I think there's a couple things. So eggs you can keep for a while. It, you know, if you stock up on eggs, you know, say two or three dozen, uh, you've you've got some emergency food for for a little while. So that makes it, you know, an, an interesting. Uh, you know that makes it very interesting. And Calmain, like you said, is the biggest supplier of of eggs here in the United States. But here's the other thing that may be impacting this: eggs are required, um, and in fact, they're they're used. And and this is true. I swear I'm not making this up. The United States does have a national stockpile of egg-laying chickens. This is real. Yep. This is real because you need eggs. For making vaccines, I know that sounds ridiculous. That we have, you know, a uh, you know, chicken stocked away in a secured location. We have chickens stocked away in a secured location, wow. and it's because we need eggs in order to make vaccines. And so, I do think there's a, you know, maybe there's a run on eggs here because it's, you know, a healthy source of protein, but also because we need these things in order to make vaccines. So, um, yeah, maybe an interesting defensive stock it might be more of a short-term stock, Mac. I mean, I don't know what happens to this company after we're on the other side of this crisis, but uh, very interesting timing for this company.
0: Well, I am pro egg. Beginning maybe like five years ago, every morning, I eat two eggs, Tim. So I am wow, pro All right, Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and so far, I think my cholesterol is good, and the protein thing, it just totally works for me. It's been, it's been a game-changer.
1: Nice. I love it. You know, you are a spo- you are the uh, the spokesperson for the National Egg Board. <laughs> I
0: may be the reason that CalMain's earnings are up so big. That's it. Okay. Okay, let's talk about a big deal that just got approved. The Justice Department has approved the merger between United Technologies and Raytheon. Now, Raytheon, huge defense company. United Technologies, people may not know that name, but I'm sure they know a lot of their businesses. United Technologies owns Carrier, heating and air conditioning. Otis Elevators, Pratt & Whitney Aircraft Engines, the new company will be called Raytheon Technologies. Tim, this is an all-stock deal, and the approval is conditional on Raytheon shedding some of its businesses.
1: Yeah, they have to shed Otis Elevator and and Carrier Air Conditioning. And I, frankly, am more interested in those two spin-offs than I am in the main company. But let's just talk about the main company for a second. It does make a lot of sense because Sikorsky is a big provider of uh, uh, transport helicopters. Uh, it's been around for a really long time. And uh, so, that makes sense, folding that piece, that defense piece into the the Raytheon business. Pratt & Whitney, the same thing. I mean, Pratt & Whitney is one of the largest uh, makers of aircraft engines in the world, and not just commercial aircraft, but also military aircraft. So, um, it does make a, a lot of sense to those two pieces of the business together. But I'm fascinated to see what happens once we get a look at the the financials for Otis Elevator and for Carrier. And frankly um carrier just bring you know it's a little on the nose and close to home for me because i am a uh, i am a graduate uh, i have a graduate degree from syracuse university uh and uh that is the syracuse new york is the home of carrier air conditioning and i i spent a whole lot of time in the carrier dome while while i was at syracuse so nice uh, it is a uh you know, it, it's, it's, it's a very interesting couple of companies. Of the two, though, much as I like Carrier and it just sort of speaks to my past, you know the one that really interests me most is Otis because Otis is that kind of company that is everywhere and you probably encounter it every day and you don't even know it. Uh, because you're probably using an Otis elevator if you work in an office building. I mean, maybe we're not using them now as much, but in an apartment building, uh, in an office building. These things are everywhere, and Otis actually has a a fairly rich business in terms of servicing those elevators, because elevators do need to be certified and serviced. I think it's every year. So that, to me, is probably a better business than we actually think it is. So I'm going to be curious to see what it looks like once it's spun off. Tim, I'm pretty sure
0: I've made this joke
1: before, and I and I'm I really want to be
0: better than this. So I'm I am. I am <laughs> but you're am, not better than this, Mac. Let's so just say I, it right up front. That is true. So I am not. I am not going to ask you if Otis Elevators has its ups and downs.
1: <laughs> I'm glad that you didn't. That's good. Uh, I'm I restrained. Glad, I'm, I'm glad that you didn't. I, I will say, uh, hopefully, more ups than downs. Yes, hopefully more the ups and the downs. Well,
0: speaking of more ups and downs, and actually maybe more downs than ups now, Papa John's and Shaquille O'Neal well, maybe headed for a divorce now. Shaquille O'Neal joined the board, you know, a little over a year ago or so, and now the advisory firm Institutional Shareholder Services says that O'Neal has missed too many board meetings at Papa John's and should not be reelected to a second term. O'Neill attended less than 75% of the board and committee meetings over the last year. Tim, what do you think?
1: Um, I really like this move by ISS. I'm not sure, you know, I don't have a strong opinion about whether or not he should be uh, voted off of the board. Um, I do think, you know, if you've committed to be a director, uh, you need to show up. So, I completely get the argument that ISS is making. What I really love about this, though, is that ISS is making the argument in the first place, because I think in overall, we've seen corporate governance and boards of directors be a little bit of sleep at the switch for uh, the past several years. I mean, I, let's just put this in perspective. Papa John's is not WeWork, but WeWork wouldn't have become WeWork if it had a board that was acting as a real advocate for the shareholders uh, of that company because they just went along with anything Adam Newman wanted to do, it has become an economic disaster, and it's had some fallout. Um, and I, you know, we've we've seen, I've weirdly enough, like during this crisis, this is how bad this company has been that there are still some WeWorks open. It passes understanding why this is still happening, but apparently that's still the case. But I think when you have shareholder activism, I mean, real shareholder activism and, and uh, you know, shareholders getting involved and holding a board of directors accountable, that's good. That's good for all of us. So I hope this is the first of many moves we see in terms of more activist shareholders, more, uh, you know, more arguments in favor of, you know, real Oversight of, of companies, so yeah, maybe Shaq should, uh, you know, frankly, get the boot here. I'm, I, I'm, I'm with ISS and Spirit, even though I don't know <laughs> the details.
0: Okay, I have two thoughts there. First of all, at least for the near future, can't Shaq just zoom in? I mean, how hard is that? Yeah, of course, zoom, right, right. And then going forward, here, here's my proposal. Um, if I don't know if you're, are you a big basketball fan, Tim? Oh yeah, sure. Okay, well, as you know, and as if people aren't basketball fans, they may not know that when he played, um, Shaq was an incredible player.
1: Absolutely. But
0: but one of his Achilles heel was his free throw shooting. Just an awful. He shot around 53 percent for his career from the line. That's terrible. If you're not a basketball fan, just know that teams would intentionally foul Shaq so they could make him shoot free throws. They call him the hack of Shaq. Okay, so if I if I'm Shaquille O'Neal, I'm like, give me another chance. Papa John's and and the and the and the deal is that my board attendance is going to be higher than my free throw percentage.
1: There you go. Right. You, and, so I'm going to And it's apparently already there, Mac. It's apparently it's already there. If it's 75%, he's already he, he's already beating uh the Mendoza line he had on his free throws. Well, so, we don't
0: know exactly. They say he attended less than
1: 75%. I see. Gotcha. See? Gotcha. So we
0: don't know. So if I'm Shaquille O'Neal, I'm going to say, "You know what? I'm going to attend at least 53%." Yeah, I think, you know, and I'm going to zoom in. I'm going to zoom in a lot.
1: Right. Low bar. But if he leaps, if he leaps over the low bar, he stays. All right.
0: Yeah. On a serious note, I was excited when he came on the board a little over a year ago. I'm not a shareholder, but as you know, Papa John's has had some real struggles, some real image problems, and it feels like that he could be a real ambassador. But so far, sounds like maybe not working out too well, huh?
1: Yeah, not as, not as good as the Icy Hot deal, apparently.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's move to the Desert Island question as we wrap up. You're on a desert island over the next five years, and you have to own one of these stocks. What are you going with? We've got Johnson & Johnson, we've got CalMain, we've got the soon-to-be Raytheon Technologies, or Papa John's.
1: Here's why I'm going to go with the Raytheon Technologies, even though I'm super interested in J and J because it's such a good business, and I don't think it needs the vaccine to continue to be a great business. The reason I'm going with Raytheon is because after this deal is done, I'm going to get shares of Otis and I'm going to get shares of Carrier, and I'm very interested in the in those two as independent businesses. Otis more than Carrier. Okay.
0: Well, there you go. Marketfoolery at fool.com is our email, marketfoolery at fool.com for your questions, for your comments. Tim Byers from Motley Fool, Colorado. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Mac. As always, people on the show may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. At thanks for listening and see you tomorrow.